Let's give it up for our friend or family, Sherry Lewis. Hey, Bethel Atlanta. (laughs) Always happy to see y'all. So I got a good practice run for service, so it's going to be good this time. Yeah. And I get to slow down and calm down. I have to rush through it. So when I was here, I can't remember if it was January or December, but last time I spoke, I did a prophetic declaration that 2014 is the year that dreams come true. And I did not know what I was saying, but I have been living that ever since that moment. So I want to walk you through the process of dreaming with God and what it's looked like for me this year to dream with God. And it's only June and amazing things have happened so far. And I'm just excited about what could happen from here. But I want to walk you through the process and and as Steve, Steve said, hopefully impart to you that ability to dream and not only the ability to dream, but to go after your dreams, to make those dreams a reality. And so this time we're going to be talking about lessons from dreaming with God. So I've learned a lot. It's just, it's been a short period of time, but I feel like I've been in dream school and I want to share that with you. So this is um, a constant dream for the last four years. This is the 2014 graduating class of Bethel Cameroon School of Supernatural Ministry. It was such a beautiful day. That's our, our students and staff from this year. We graduated 35 radical revivalists and set them loose on the country. And I just, I want to stop and say thank you so much, Bethel Atlanta, for all the support that you give. I could not do anything that I do in Cameroon without you, without your love, without your checks, without your prayers, without your, just your backing, just knowing that you guys are here supporting me, loving me, cheering me on makes it possible for us to do everything that we do over in Cameroon. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I want to walk you through this process of dreaming. And I want to give you several keys that you need to do. And then tell you several things that God will do in response to your dreaming with him. So number one, partner with the Holy Spirit and let him take you on a dreaming adventure. This is the most important, important thing. If you don't hear anything else I say, make sure you get this key. You have to partner with him. If you want your kingdom dreams, your dreams that are larger than life, your dreams that are impossible for you to to bring to pass on your own. If you want them to come to pass, then partner with this brilliant, brilliant Holy Spirit who knows everything there is to know about everything and who is all too willing to share it with you. It has been amazing to really get to know him and to really partner with him and to really just hear those sweet whispers in my ear all the time. Him telling me what to do. Him whispering confidence in my ear. Just everything that he does to walk along the journey with me. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 is the scripture for that. And it talks about how eyes have not seen and ears haven't heard what God has in store for us. But verse 10 says the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. And that to me is so comforting. It talks about this huge, mysterious God that knows everything and there's no way we could possibly know his mind. But we have the Holy Spirit. And so anything that we need to know from the heart of the Father gets revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Partner with him. Learn how to be intimate with him. Learn how to just sit down and have conversations with him and just to hear his voice telling you what the Father is dreaming, what the Father is saying. And there's no way that you can go wrong if you're partnering with the Holy Spirit. 
Next one, write the vision down and make it plain. Now, this has gotten to be such a Christian cliche that we don't even think about it anymore. But it says, write the vision plain, write it on tablets so that those that are running can see where they're going. And I feel like this has been so important for me to be able to to know exactly where I'm going. Like, I've gotten over there, you see a lot of problems, you see a lot of issues, you see a lot of change that you want to bring, and you just get this this social activist spirit that comes on you and you want to do this and this and this. And I get to this point of just everything is swirling in my head and swirling in my spirit, all these ideas, all these thoughts, all these things. And I have to write it down just to make sense of it and just to get it in some kind of manageable order. And I think that's the difference. One of the big differences between people that dream and people that actually realize their dreams, being actually able to get it on paper and get it into something that can be implemented rather than just dreamed about. And I'm saying go beyond the vision board. I've told you in the past, do a vision board and inspire yourself. But this is the step beyond the vision board. It's nice to have these beautiful, inspiring pictures of where you want to go, but you have to have it written line upon line, precept upon precept. These are my plans. These are my dreams. These are my goals. This is what I'm going to build and this is what I'm going to do. This is a good example of uh, me on a dreaming day. We've got the Mac, but then we've got our scribble sheets where I just have a stack of paper and I just scribble out ideas and then I'll cross stuff off and then I'll rewrite it again. And there's something about writing it that just makes it real. It's more than just dreaming and it's swimming around in your head. It's actually saying, I'm giving a voice to this thing that I'm dreaming about. I'm going to be serious about it. I'm going to commit to it. This is real to me and I'm going to make a commitment to it. And it almost... It almost makes you more accountable when you write it down, or at least for me, it does. I want to give you another example. This is Brittany Richardson. She's a a missionary from Bethel, Atlanta, and she came and she spent some time with us last year. She did the first semester of our school, and um, she was transitioning from one ministry to another. She was closing down one and just asking God, what do I do next? What do I do next? And we were pouring into her. She was worshiping in the school, and um, we were just pouring into her, prophesying to her, talking to her about destiny and, and her dream. And one morning she wakes up, she grabs a stack of construction paper and a bunch of markers and she goes out on a veranda where there's a beautiful view of palm trees and banana trees and plantain trees and mango and coke. I mean, it's gorgeous, glorious. And she just sat out there and dreamed up this dream called arts and abolition, ending sex slavery in Kenya. And she is actually there now doing it. And so there's something so powerful about doing this, about putting your dreams on paper, giving voice to them, giving a commitment commitment to them and saying, this is what I'm going to do with the dreams that are in my heart. So this is an actual page um, from my dream book. And me and my roommate were in South Africa over the Christmas, uh, before Christmas, before I came home. And we just, we had a lot of time on our, on our hands. So we just sat and dreamed and we were just excited. You know, as, as Steve mentioned, the second year I was ready to quit and shut down the school and move home and become a barista in Starbucks. That was the only dream I had at that point. I was going to make great lattes. Um, but <laughs> the last two years have been amazing, absolutely mind-blowingly amazing. And the more it's amazing, the more I dream of more. And the more I see needs, the more I dream of more. So we just sat together and we said, let's just write down everything that we're dreaming and let's try to put a timeline in it to make it make more sense. And so phase one is already in progress. It's Bethel Cameroon School. It's been in progress since 2010. Phase two, these are the current dreams that are on our heart that we decided we were going to just do this year. And so the first one is the Kingdom Leadership Academy. 
everywhere we go, we've traveled to South Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa. Again, everywhere we go, people say, oh my God, what you're doing is amazing. You got to come here and start a school. And then when people come and visit from other cities in Cameroon, they're like, will you come to our city and start a school? And I'm like, that's great. I'm all for that. You know, I, I want to spread the message of the kingdom, but building this here, I'm not doing this again. This was work. I'm not doing this again. And there's no way I can do this and, and your school and here and there. And so I just, I started crying out to God, help me to build leaders, help me to raise up leaders that I pour everything that you've poured into me. I pour into them and then I can just deploy them to go start schools in Kenya and Nigeria and South Africa and, and the other cities in Cameroon. And, and I needed more time. Like we, we pour a lot in during their year in school, but in order to raise leaders, I wanted to do more time. So we decided to do a 10 week intensive program in the summer. We wanted to make it residential and just pull the kids out of their homes and stress and all this stuff that happens at home and just completely and totally immerse them in a kingdom culture where they could worship, they could pray, they could learn, watch videos and just be in a kingdom culture where everybody is believing and dreaming the same thing. So that was dream number one. Number two, my mom has been dreaming about a business incubator for a couple of years and um, has put everything into place for it, but just things weren't happening. And finally, it got launched in April. She just she just came over and she came back with me. And one of my staff members is now working with the incubator and they're having classes every day. They have 15 students. Because what we found was we were teaching people how to dream and how to want to live purpose and destiny, but there was no resources for them to make their dreams come to pass. And so... This takes it a step further. Let us pour into you what you need to run a business and then let us help you by raising the resources and the finances that are ready so we can launch people into their dreams and their destiny. It's not just teaching kingdom principles, but actually giving people a hand up so that they can implement those kingdom principles in their lives. And then finally, I I love you all and everybody that donates to Bethel Cameroon, but I really want to create sustainable businesses. Our dreams are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I just want to be able to finance what we do. It's been a great, um, a great thing for me to learn how to live by faith, but it'd be great to also supplement what, what, what you all bless us with by, by building businesses. So my roommate is an amazing cook. And one of the businesses that we wanted to do was a restaurant. Um, and then we wanted to do several other businesses that I'll mention later. So we dreamed all these things. And then we said, these are things that we want to do, but we know it's not realistic to do them now. So we want to do a farming project that the farm can produce food for the restaurant. It can produce food for our missionary community. And we can also take stuff to market. And so that can be another business. The land is so fertile there. Like I might have uh, a dish for dinner with beans, peppers, and tomatoes in it. And let's say I throw the dishwater out the backyard. Two weeks later, I'm going to have beans, tomatoes, and pepper plants coming up literally in the backyard. That's how fertile the ground is there. So it doesn't make sense not to do a farming project. We also have to, have to, have to do a children's village. We've been volunteering at a local orphanage um, and just building relationship there. And... it's become clear to me that no child is ever supposed to live in an orphanage. Children are meant and destined and, and, and God meant for children to live in family. And so that's become the latest and biggest dream of our heart to be able to buy a huge plot of land and then put several houses on it and then either put a widow or a single mom or a family, uh, best case scenario in the house and then move in six kids and that those parents raise those kids for the rest of their lives. And then on the same campus, we have a kingdom school 
school where they're raised in purpose and destiny and in the kingdom. And then we also have a community center where they can be trained in several things and just, just this beautiful community of families where orphans become sons. That's our biggest dream right now, but not right now. That's in the future. So with that comes the community empowerment center, not only with our orphan community, but just with a lot of people from the community, be able, being able to train them in a lot of different things and just provide a lot of services. Um, we want to do a primary and a secondary school, a medical clinic, because medical care in Cameroon is a nightmare. I always tell people if something happens to me, put me on a helicopter. And then um, we want to do a transformation center and retreat center where people can go and get inner healing and get restored and just renewed. So all these are the, the phases to come, the dreams that we want to do in the future. So we've dreamed all these things. These are the things that are burning in our heart. And this is, this is an example of what it is to dream with God. But it is so important that you make it plain, that you even go further than what I just showed you. So you need a clear vision, a clear mission, and clear goals. And then after that, what would it look like if you were about to start it tomorrow? Like with the, with the plan that I just showed you, you wouldn't be ready to start it tomorrow. There'd be more work that you would need to do. You would need budgets. You would need, we would need for our KLA, we needed a curriculum. So even though I'm not finished with the first year curriculum, I've already started building a curriculum for the Kingdom Leadership Academy. You need to know who do I need to help me? What is, what are the staffing needs? So. There's a lot that you have to do to put your dream on paper. Go beyond the vision board. Go beyond just scribbling some notes about what it is. And do a detailed plan as if, as if uh, I was about to say Steve Jobs, but he's not living anymore. But somebody like that is about to hand you a big check. If they, if they walk up to you with a check, will you be ready with your dreams? That's important. If you're dreaming about something and you're really committed to making that dream come to pass, it should be that the moment the opportunity presents, your, presents itself, you're ready to walk into it. And if your dreams are not ready to go, then you got some work to do. Amen? I challenge you. You got some work to do. Um, so about that budget thing. So we were all excited when we were dreaming and we did a full budget for the restaurant and it was like crazy astronomical $20,000. So we were like, okay, maybe it won't be 2014. Maybe it'll be 2015 or 16. Maybe we'll just do that later. But at least we had it done. We've got, I mean, even down to the spatulas and the measuring spoons, every detail that we could possibly need is written in an Excel spreadsheet. That's how clearly you need to work on your dreams. And then God started talking to me and he said, you need to do the same Excel spreadsheet for the kingdom leadership academy for kla you need to you need to get it on paper and i'm like okay I'll, uh, you know we had a little argument sometimes you argue with god just because you're stupid because you never win an argument with god but we had a little argument like we don't have the funds right now we don't have the ability to do that right now and he just kept pressing pressing the holy spirit does not relent he's like you need to do the excel spreadsheet so we did it we did the beds the mattresses the dishes the towels the sheets the how how much the house would cost to rent how much it would cost to staff the place even food for the kids while they were staying there we did detailed menus and everything and the whole thing came out to another astronomical number number $10,000. And so I tucked the, the little file away in my computer and said, well, clearly we can't do that in 2014 either. I don't have an extra $10,000 laying around, but at least it was done. At least it was detailed and organized and done. And I said, God, whenever you're ready, here it is. I'm ready. Okay. So partner with the Holy Spirit, write the vision down, make it plain. And I mean, detail, 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 as if you're waiting for somebody to hand you a check. The next thing has been difficult for me, but I'm getting better. Ask for what you need. 
And as we've been working on building and expanding and the ministry exploding, I've been reading a lot of the book of Nehemiah. And I love the first two chapters where Nehemiah um, asks of the uh, the exiles in Jerusalem. He says, how is everything going? They tell him, oh, it's terrible. The wall is all broken down. We're defenseless. We're vulnerable. We could be attacked at any moment. And he rents his clothes and he goes into this deep, deep intercession. And at the end of the intercession, he says, God, give me favor. And then he said, because I was the king's cupbearer. And so he goes in the next day, presents himself before the king, and it says, and I prayed to the God of heaven, and I asked the king. And I think that's such an, uh, an amazing example of when you're looking to build kingdom dreams, there's a two-way prayer that you need to make. You need to ask the God of heaven, but you also need to ask those in a position that can help you. And so Nehemiah went before the king and he made some very specific requests. He said, I need permission to leave my post here as cupbearer to be able to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I also need you to give me governing letters so that I can show that I have the authority to do what I'm doing. And then also, can you talk to this guy that has a whole bunch of lumber and timber and, and get us some timber and wood so that we can rebuild the wall? And he was not afraid to ask for what he needed. And God granted him amazing favor and he was given everything that he asked for and he was able to go back and build the wall. So it's scriptural to ask for what you need. I still have a big problem with it. I always say that I I went from doctor to missionary in one big tumble and it's just, it's not my nature. I'm the one that's always giving and not the one that's always asking. So it's been very humbling. Um, When Tom Gazzardo, where is Tom, came over with the mission team, they actually did a financial sozo on me. Now, why is it that it's difficult for you to ask? Let's go back. Where was it first? I mean, we just went to the root of the matter. Tom, I don't think it worked. I'm still not, we got to do it again. We'll have to do it again. I'm still having trouble asking for what I need. (laughs) It's a process. There we go. It's a process. But ask for what you need because um, it's scriptural and it'll help you. And I'll I'll tell you, I'll tell you how. So when the missions team came over, uh, beautiful, awesome Bethel Atlanta missions team came over and Tom and Mama Dodd and the rest of the team just sat me down and they said, what do you need? How can we help you? And I just went into this long, oh, you can pray for this. You can pray for that. We need ideas with this. And they were like, no, really, what do you need? How can we help you? And I'm like, I'm telling you, these are the things that we need. So Tom had to make it simple for me. What, what do you need? What, what are the dreams right now that you would build if you had what you needed to build them? And the first thing that popped into my mind was the Kingdom Leadership Academy. And so I told them about the dream. I told them about the vision. They were really excited. I think they kind of got infected with my excitement about it. And so I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling them about it. And, and so Tom said, again, what do you need to make this happen? So he's a leadership guru. So I start asking him to help me with a leadership curriculum and putting all that together. And Mama Dot is brilliant in business. So I start asking her questions about that. And I felt like he wanted to shake me and say, I'm asking you a question. What do you need? And so I pulled out my Excel, Excel spreadsheet that I had ready because the Holy Spirit told me to get it ready. And I pointed to the bottom line and kind of shamefully said, I need $10,000. And so they were like, oh, okay. And they kind of just kind of moved on and was like, whatever. And so the next day they came back and we had an in-depth meeting where I presented everything on the Excel street. I presented my curriculum. I presented everything. Like I was making a proposal before a board. And they said, yeah, we've talked to the team. When we get back, we're going to deposit this amount and the team is going to have the rest by the end of 90 days. And so go ahead and get ready to start this summer. What? What? And so I guess if I didn't know it before, I should know it now that asking for what you need can be the difference between your project being birthed or it still being a dream. 
So that's, that's really important just to be able to ask for what you need. And it was totally and completely unexpected. I mean, people have to raise money to come over and visit us. It just, it doesn't make sense that someone would say, yeah, not only did we come over here and spend all this money to visit you, but we're going to give you $10,000 as well. But it's just another miracle and a long line of miracles uh, of Bethel Cameroon. And then finally take a leap of faith. So I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Sometimes I really get scary. I get like scared that things aren't going to happen. And I mean, it's, this is different. I mean, I'm used to direct deposit and you know, you know how much is coming in. You have a budget, you know how much is going out. This is a completely different world. You just, you hope something comes in. You hope not too much goes out and you just kind of work with it. So I got a little nervous. They got back and it was radio silence. I didn't hear anything from anybody and I didn't want to ask. So then Melissa was coming back over. She was with us for the year and she came back over um, and she said, I've got four empty suitcases. What can I bring you? And I was like, oh, maybe some stuff for the orphanage, maybe a little of this, a little of that. And the Holy Spirit said, she needs to bring you this stuff to decorate the dorm, to put in the dorm because there's certain stuff I can't get in Cameroon. But I'm like, but they didn't, they, they haven't sent the check yet. So I can't spend money that I don't have. And he says, you, he doesn't really repeat, he repeats himself, but he doesn't give further explanation. So he says, you need to order the stuff that you need for the dorm. Get on walmart.com, get on target.com, order the sheets, the towels, the dishes, everything that you want brought over so that you can have it nice. Cause I'm really feng shui diva missionary. So I really wanted nice stuff because after, after this is a, the dorm, it's going to be a guest house. So any of you that are coming over to visit, we now have a guest house, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I just pulled the story. So he says, order this stuff. So I get up, I, 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 I order all the stuff. It's all in my cart and it's $600. And I'm like, I don't have an extra $600. And if this money doesn't come through, then I've spent $600 for nothing. So it hasn't come through. So I don't like to ask. So I don't email them and say, Hey, remember that $10,000 you promised me? Just so couldn't do it. So the Holy Spirit kept telling me, take a leap of faith, order this stuff, order this stuff, order this stuff. And I'm like, uh, and Melissa's like, okay, do you need anything? Cause it's getting close to the time. If you want something sent to me, you better have it sent to me. So I just order all this stuff and I'm like, okay, God, this will be a complete waste if this doesn't happen. And he's like, I gotcha. I gotcha. Two days later, I get the email and the entire huge check has come in. And so we're going to do the Kingdom Leadership Academy. And I don't know why God likes to make me sweat. I think he just is having like, watch, 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 watch. See how nervous is she? Look, 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 look. Okay. Okay. All right. Let her know. No, no, no. Give her two more days. Two more days. Two more. I I don't know why he does that with me, but he, I think he enjoys it. I really think he enjoys it. So, um, those are the things that you need to do. You need to partner with the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're living a listening lifestyle, always hearing what he's saying. He will reveal to you the dreams of God's heart like that. God wants you to live your dreams. He wants you to walk in your dreams. And so all it takes is just leaning towards him and opening your ear and listening to what he's saying. So partner with the Holy Spirit, write the vision down, make it plain, make it as plain as possible. Ask for what you need and God will show you who to ask. I never would have thought of asking them. And in fact, he had to kind of hit me on the head to say, hey, these people are asking you what you need. And then finally take a leap of faith. So when you do those things, these are the things that God will do in return. Like 
You give him an inch and he'll come running towards you a mile. He always is so faithful. Like you stick your toe in the water and he just floods you with an awesome waterfall. All you have to do is a little bit and God will respond so huge. So one of the things that he'll do is he will resource your dreams. And that's exactly what he did for the Kingdom Leadership Academy. It was a dream that I had closed up in my computer because we didn't have what we needed to make it happen. And God said, open up the computer. We're going to do this this year. So instead of being with you beautiful people the entire summer, I have to leave like in three weeks to go back and start the Kingdom Leadership Academy. Sad to leave, but excited to start that. In addition, so we had this $20,000 thing for the restaurant, but instead of us starting the restaurant, which would have been a lot of work and a lot of overhead and a lot of difficulty, God opened doors to where all our favorite little eating joints in Boya, the city where we live, Toya, my roommate, took her cupcakes and took different things that she cooks. And now many of them are allowing us to sell our food there. And some of them have said, you could sell here for free. We believe in what you're doing. We believe in your vision. We're so grateful that you're helping our nation. And And then some are just barely charging us anything. So we're making huge, huge profits. So instead of having a restaurant where we have to have overhead and bills and we had to buy all the furniture to start it and have workers to work it, now we just get to sell in other people's shops and collect the money. And pretty soon, I'm sure, all of that will be enough money to build our own. And by that time, we'll be in a better position to start it. In addition, our kids that are going to be in our Kingdom Leadership Academy are the ones that are doing all the baking and all the cooking and all the... take it to every place and they're learning responsibility and work ethic and all these amazing tools. And they're just really getting excited about the leaders that they're becoming. So God will resource your dreams. He'll give you exactly what you need. You dare to dream. You take the time to write it down. You take the leap of faith. And I promise you that God will meet you. He'll meet you right there. And it'll be the most exciting thing in the world to happen. He will give you exactly what you ask for. So I'm praying about the dorm and there's a specific thing I need that's pretty much impossible to get. So I want a three bedroom house so the girls can stay inside. And then I want a boys quarters in the back so the boys can stay outside because you can't have boys and girls in the same house in Cameroon. You will be totally crucified and called a hellion and all that kind of stuff. So we need separate places for them to live, a huge parlor where we can do the teaching. And I need it to be in a certain neighborhood where it's not so hot. And, um, cause when we have the guest house, when you guys come to visit, I don't want you to melt and it's difficult to adjust to the temperature over there. I needed to be a certain distance from the road, but not too far from the road. And then I also needed it to be in a quiet neighborhood. That's perfect. And I needed it for a ridiculous, ridiculous price because whenever I budget, unfortunately I budget too low cause I hate that bottom line. I hate when the bottom line is too huge. So I always under budget. So I needed God to give me exactly these things. When I told the kids, go start looking for a house. This is what we need for the dorm. They're like, that's, that's not possible. There's no such thing. You're not going to find that. And you're especially not going to find it for that price. We'll go and look and we'll try to find something close, but I promise you, you're going to have to probably pay a hundred to $200 more a month, but we'll go and look. So they go and look. And one of my students comes back and she says, I think I have exactly what you need. And indeed she did. It was a beautiful three bedroom house. It actually has an extra room. I forgot to ask for the room for, for her to stay in. She's going to be running the guest house when teams come over. And I forgot to ask, but the Holy Spirit knew we needed it. So he gave us three bedrooms and then that extra room for her to stay in. There's a boys quarters in the back. I had asked for a two room boys quarters. He knew that we were going to have six boys to sign up. I always say boys. That's what they say over in Cameroon men to participate. And so he knew we would need three boys quarters. And so he gave us three boys quarters and it's in a beautiful, quiet neighborhood, not 
too far from the road and it's in our village. It's walking distance from my house and it's very cool. You have a beautiful view of the mountain and a beautiful view of the river that's like 30 miles away. And so it's absolutely gorgeous. It's quiet and it's the exact, exact, exact price I needed. Exact. And I know... I know the landlord is somewhere scratching his head like, why did I offer to give it to her for that? I mean, it's a ridiculous price. It doesn't make any sense. It's a total and complete miracle that it's that much. So God will give you exactly what you need. Okay, here's my favorite, favorite, favorite part. He will bring exactly who you need to help you. So everything that's on our heart and everything that's on our mind is about expansion, expansion, growing, growing, growing. And I began to realize and just feel like I was overwhelmed and drowning all the time. I began to realize I need more help. I can't do everything that's in my heart to do alone. Thank God for Toya, who just, we met supernaturally on Facebook and now she's my roommate, ministry partner, and we're taking over the world together. But I need more help, God. So what are you going to do about that? We need more men. We want godly families. We need people that are examples of, of, of your kingdom. We, we just need God. And so this is what God did. In, in March, I got an email from Asha and Craig Martinez. And they said, we want to come over with the missions team. And I'm like, all right, come. And they get there and they have a great time. And they're leading the kids on outreach. And they're praying in the hospitals. They're full of fire. They're going to people's houses. And they even climb the mountain. This is them with a group of my students climbing Mount Cameroon. They are beasts. I haven't climbed Mount Cameroon yet. I'm going to climb with them next year. And, but there was a point that we went out to lunch. And I just asked them, how are you guys? What's going on in your life? what's going on in your heart. And all of a sudden that lunch went left and it felt like a job interview. And I'm like, what's happening here? What they're like telling me all their skills, all their gifts, their hearts. And I'm like, I just asked you how you were doing. What do you, what's happening? Well, they, they leave, they come back to America and they, we Skype and they said, we just want to let you know that if, if you're, if you're willing, we would love to come join you in Cameroon. And I'm like, what? These guys are so super crazy gifted. They're like, IT. I mean, they're brilliant computer people. Now, in Cameroon, we keep all our records and everything we do, like everything they do over there is pencil and paper. So I'm just looking for them to come and revamping our whole everything computer-wise. They also, I went to their home group on Wednesday and it was just beautiful. They've been leading for three years and they're just beautiful people that are able to foster family and community and just this whole kingdom family of love. And I just their individual gifts. Asha is an outreach beast. I mean, she will go anywhere she'll talk to anybody she'll do anything she's bolder than bold and and Craig has this beautiful beautiful father's heart that I cannot wait for him to be able to impart into my my young men there so I'm excited so that was number one and then in when I was here during Christmas I get an email from Mark and Tanya Paradis and they're also members of Bethel Atlanta and they're in South Africa um, at an Iris mission base there and they asked me to come and teach on the father's heart there and I went and I spent a week with them and it was just beautiful it was like bonding I'm, I'm very much an introvert I can be an extrovert up here but in real life I'm an introvert and so I just expected to be in my room every day and just you know come out for meals or come out but we spent the entire week together we had a Holy Ghost party where we moved all the furniture and turned on some music and just danced and sang. And we just became family. And all I kept thinking was, wow, I wish they'd come to Cameroon. I mean, Mark is an agricultural genius. He does aquaponics and hydroponics and can grow anything. Like they're in the desert in Robertson, South Africa. And he had tomato plants up to the ceiling. Like, I don't know what he does or how he does it. And so not too long, about two or three days after Asha and Craig Skyped me, Tanya and Mark Skyped me and they said, we're coming to Cameroon. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> so Mark is going to head up our farming project and he's already gathered all these heirloom seeds and all sorts of stuff. And we're going to have strawberries in Cameroon. I'm so happy. It's just, it's the little things. It really is the little things. But they, he's also an outreach beast. He's created an outreach program there in South Africa. And Tanya is a mother and she's just that person that you sit down and you have those deep heart to heart conversations with and pour your heart out with. If that wasn't enough. So Randall Worley sends me a random email saying there's this lady that I've met and she reminds me of you. She wants to do missions and she also wants to write. She's brilliant. She's powerful. Every time I see her, every time I talk to her, she reminds me of you. So I just wanted to introduce the two of you. So he introduces us and I'm like, you know, she sends me an email. I'm in Cameroon going crazy just under everything. And so I really don't write back. I really don't respond well. I'm sort of like, oh, because she's saying I'm going to Ghana for a year and what advice can you give me? And I'm like, oh, I'll send you a book. Uh, yeah, I'll send you a book. But I don't really pay enough attention to her. So she writes me back a long email and I say, okay, I got to go back and read that so I can respond properly. That never happens between me being busy and our internet not working. And so when I get home, the, the morning I wake up after I first get here, this visit, there's an email from her saying, Ghana fell through. I've been watching you on Facebook. I admire you, what you do. Um, I'd love any advice. What do you think? So I prepare to write back an email. God knows what's best. I pray that he'll lead you to where you're supposed to go. May God bless you. Blah, 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 blah. Right. The Holy spirit, right. I've literally wrote it out. I'm about to push sin. And the Holy spirit says, uh, wait a minute, go back and read that email. She sent you. And I go back and I read her email. She's been in corporate America for a while. She left corporate America to start her own consulting business on small business development, business plans, everything about starting small businesses. She's also a leadership coach, which is exactly what we need for our kingdom leadership Academy and all our leaders that are really trying to go to the next level. And she's also seriously into inner healing. So I write her back and I said, I'm so sorry, Ghana fell through. Would you like to visit me in Cameroon? (laughs) Sorry that didn't work out for you. And she writes back and she said, I have to let you know that when this first happened, I told God, I want to go to Cameroon, but I'm not going to ask. She has to invite me. So I'll be there in August. Pure gold. Me and mom are fighting over her right now. It's, is she going to go to the incubator? Is she going to help us start our small businesses? Is she going to do coaching? We're fighting over her. I live in Cameroon, so guess who's going to win? Sorry, mommy. I know she's going to listen to this. And then finally, this is Kim. Kim, stand up. Happy birthday, Kim. <laughs> Kim has come over with the team the last two years, and this is Kim's heart. This is what Kim does. She's holding a baby, holding an orphan. And so I'm just trusting that she's going to help us with our orphan program. Who knows? We could be starting phase one of the children's villages by then. She's going to come to Cameroon as the second half of her third year. So she's doing third year, and she'll be with us in January. So all of a sudden, we have this beautiful, amazing kingdom family, this beautiful, amazing kingdom team to build all the dreams that are in our hearts. And each one of them is skilled, and they carry something so amazing that's exactly what we need. And I feel like I feel so honored by God. And I feel like it's such a huge endorsement of what we're doing. I see what you're doing. I believe in you. Here are the people that you need to make it happen. So God will send you exactly who you need. And then finally, he will boost your confidence in him. So 
As you can see, this is a lot. This is a lot of dreams. This is a lot. And sometimes it's really, really scary. Somebody said to me the other day, wow, I really admire your courage. And I'm like, don't admire my courage. I'm no different than you. The only thing is that I know how to do it afraid. Okay. So don't look at Sherry and say, oh, she's accomplished amazing things. And I could never do that. I'm, I'm just as scary as the next person for real. I have, I get moments where I'm like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. This is going to fail. We're not going to, I mean, uh, I can't tell you the number of fears that circulates through my mind at any given time, but I've learned to do it afraid. I've learned to think brilliantly. I've learned to just change my perspective on things, but every once in a while I have a freak out moment and God is so sweet. He helps me in my freak out moment. So I was having a major humongo, huge freak out moment last week. And so I just decided to soak to just try to calm myself down and say, okay, let me hear what you're saying. Cause this is all very big and it's very scary. So I start lining the things out for him and saying, this is going on and I need this and I need your help with this and I need you to do this and I need you to come through with this. And I'm just rattling off this large list of anxious prayers. Have you ever prayed anxious? It's probably not very productive, but I just, this anxious prayer I got caught up in and God just silently said, he quietly said, I know your eyelashes. Like what? Did you hear anything I just said, God? What are you talking about? Like, I'm telling you what's going on. I'm telling you what I need help with. I'm telling you what I need you to do. And you're talking about eyelashes. And so I launch into the list again. I need this and this and this and this. He goes, I know. I know your eyelashes. I'm like, okay, he said it twice. So let me dig into it. And immediately the scripture came to mind. Every hair on your head is numbered. And I thought about that. The day before I got something caught in my eye and I just did this mad thing and just and there were about 10 eyelashes that came off. And to me, that was nothing. They'll grow back. I mean, it's whatever, you know, put a little mascara on, it'll be fine. But God knows every single one of those eyelashes. To him, that was 1,005, 1,006,000, 1,007,000, 1,008,000, 1,009,000 of the eyelashes that Sherry has had her entire life. And if he knows every single one of my eyelashes and every single one of your eyelashes and every single one of the eyelashes of the 7 billion people that walk the face of planet earth, what in the world am I afraid of? And it's funny. He's just, I think he jokes me sometime, but it's, he could say something so simple and not say another word. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. The very hairs on my hair are numbered. There's no reason. I mean, I got a lot of hair. He knows every single one of these, you know? And so there's absolutely no reason for me to worry about anything. And he does that all the time. He's so sweet. He's so wonderful. He's so loving. And even when I forget the fishes and the loaves, I forget every miracle that he's ever done. He still tells me something simple like, I know your eyelashes, so there's nothing for you to worry about. I know everything about you. I know every dream on your heart. I know every single one of your days, even before any one of them was numbered in my book. I know there's nothing you can tell me right now. So just rest, 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 rest. So I'm learning to rest. Y'all be praying for me in that. Okay, so... This is what I need from you guys. I need your prayers. I need you guys to seriously, seriously be praying for us. Number one, be praying for our missionaries that are coming over. People are selling their houses. They're selling their cars. They're selling things. They're going to have to get visas. We need a six-month visa. They're going to have to raise funds in order to live over there full-time. Travel can be crazy. A lot of them are putting their stuff on a ship. We need the stuff to get on the ship, not get stolen, get to Cameroon, not get stolen, get to our house, not get stolen anywhere along the way. 
And then we need, uh, I want a housing community where we can all live together in fellowship and community. So we're already looking for that. And then they're going to need help adjusting. I was at Asha and Craig's home group Wednesday night and they are like computer techno people. And so we're about to start worship and she pipes worship through her iPad into her Mac, into the television. And I'm like, oh man, you're going to be sacrificing a lot more than I ever did. Like you're this, this, no, we're, no, we're not going to have that over there or any of the stuff that y'all are used to. So just pay for their ability to adjust. It's not easy. You know, they may have to take bucket baths for a while. They're going to have to walk on rocky paths. It's going to be, no, it'll be rainy season. It'll be over when they come. So that'll be good. And then also pray that they can live their dreams. I just, I'm happy every single day. And I want that same thing for them. In Cameroon, I discovered me. I discovered who I really am. I discovered the value that lives in me. And I'm just praying that for each one of them. Be praying for Bethel Cameroon Fellowship. So God has been telling me for about a year and a half through prophetic words, through our time together, that it's time to start a fellowship, not only the school. I refuse to use the word church, but that's honestly what I mean. But I refuse to use the word church. But he's, you know, he's leaning toward that. And I'm, I'm really, I keep getting prophetic words and I'm like, I'm not trying to hear that because I, and I'm, I'm warming up to the idea, but just be praying about that. Just be praying about that with all this explosion happening. We may need a new building. And so Toya wrote me the other, or talked to me the other day, we Skyped and she said, the kids are already looking. They're convinced that God is about to do something explosive. So you're going to need a new building. I've been waking up in the morning, praying for land. There are villages around our village that have land that's really, really cheap right now. But as they build roads into the villages, the land, like the price goes up like 10 times. There was a village that's now open. They just put a new road in there and the plots were before $500 a plot. And now they're, they're about $10,000 a plot. So I want to be able to get in at a critical time before that window closes, that door closes of opportunity. But that's scary. That's scarier than everything else I've said. So just be praying with me about that. And then be praying about our children's village. Every time we go to the orphanage, every time we bring a child home because they're sick and we're afraid that may not be able to get the best medical care at the orphanage. We had a child recently that almost died. He had 50 seizures within 48 hours. His hemoglobin was five, which is a third of the blood that he actually needs in his body. He had malaria, fever, and literally at the hospital, they told us to take him home to die. And my roommate Toya is a lover of children, a champion of children, and she would not hear that. And so he's alive and thriving. Literally the night we were at the hospital... She called me with a list of names. You have to, they don't have a blood bank. You have to call people and ask them, will you donate blood? What's your blood type? One guy told us, oh, I'd love to save that child's life, but I've been in the bar drinking all night. I can't help you. I mean, it's that crazy. And so that's the kind of stuff that we deal with. But she, she fought for his life. But as, as, as we see the conditions there, it's just really on our heart to do this children's village. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's just something that every time we pray, it comes up. And let me, let me capture your heart as well. These are my babies. They are just amazing, cute. They're full of love and laughter and hugs and giggles and kisses. And they're just the most beautiful children on the face of the planet. And I want them to be in families. I don't want them to have to eat on the ground. This is us having story time. They love for us to come and to read them stories. And they don't get that a lot. You know, they always want to keep my books. There are no books there. And so one last picture. This is us just having laugh time. 
They're just beautiful. And I just, I want the world for them. I want the absolute world for them. And so just be praying with us about that. The little one in my lap is my absolute favorite. Her name is Lauren. For those of you that know what's happening, just be praying about my situation with Lauren. Okay. And so I think that's it. Yes. And so I just, I want to pray over you and I want to release over you that you would be able to live your dreams. Like I walk out on my veranda in the morning and as I describe that beautiful scene of the banana trees, the mango trees, and just, it's glorious and beautiful. And I walk out and I just, I look at God and I'm like, I can't believe I'm this happy. I can't believe that life is this good. I can't believe that life has this much meaning. I can't believe that I wake up every day excited to live life. I mean, going from a doctor who woke up trying to imagine ways to become sick so I didn't have to go to work to waking up seriously, it got kind of crazy. You know, when you're a doctor, you can think of ways to make yourself sick without really hurting yourself. And so that's when you know it's time to leave your job when you just, yeah. But now every single day, I am happy. Sometimes me and my roommate look at each other and we're like, God, I can't believe our life. I can't believe our life. Like, I can't believe our life. I can't believe it's this good. I can't believe, I can't believe our kids. I can't believe my students are just so beautiful and excited and so full of God and so on fire and sold out and they can prophesy in their sleep and they can teach. They're just the most beautiful people on the planet and the kids at the orphanage. I could go on all day about how beautiful they are and I can't believe that I get to pour into their lives. I can't believe that I get to be a part of changing a nation, a part of a revolution of a nation, becoming a kingdom nation. I can't believe that this is my life every day. I can't believe that part of my job description is soaking. Like it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, you know, you can spend hours in the presence of the Lord and you're not guilty. It's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is part of my job. I mean, I have the best life. And as I told my students when they were graduating this year, I cried through my whole graduation speech. I just cried. And then they started crying, which made me cry more. It was a crying mess. But I told them, I said, I want every single one of you to be able to live your dreams just like I'm living my dreams. And I say that to you, my whole Bethel Atlanta family, anybody living, listening by podcast, I want that for you. I want you to wake up every morning and to say, I can't believe how happy I am. I can't believe how good life is. I can't believe that I get to live my dreams. I can't believe that God has given me such an amazing life. So just get in the receiving position. Stand up if you want to. Lay on the floor if you want to. God, I just impart to this beautiful kingdom people the ability to live their dreams. God, I thank you that you would partner with every single one of them, that you would partner with them, Holy Spirit, that you would begin those sweet whispers in their ear where you start to whisper dreams that seem crazy and impossible, and then they start to swell inside of their hearts until they can't be denied. I just release that right now, dreams that can't be denied, that can't be quenched, that can't be throttled, that can't be drowned. I just release that right now, the ability to dream and to dream big and to dream with God. I release the ability to write the vision and to make it plain and not to be afraid of the bottom line, not to be afraid of the numbers, not to be afraid to plan the thing out and then be held accountable for what you're dreaming about. I release the ability to ask for what you need and to have a relationship with kings that can provide what you need. Yeah, God, I just thank you for that. Thank you for that, God. I just thank you that you partner with every single person here to make their dreams come true. 
I just speak an awakening of dreams that have died. God, I thank you, Lord, that you give them the confidence that they need to believe in you, to believe in your goodness, to believe in your faithfulness, to believe in your love. God, I just thank you that you give them the courage to jump in the river and to begin to dream with you. And I thank you. I declare over every single one of them that 2014 is still the year that dreams come true. In Jesus' name.